Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio. I'm so glad you joined me tonight. I say this a lot, but whatever part of the world you're listening to me from, I'm really, really, really glad that you're here. And I'm excited about about this about this series. I'm continuing the series on the authority of the believer. And uh I this is one of the one of the classes I took in in Bible college. It it really it really helped me find help me learn and get a revelation of the authority that that Jesus gave me that as it has his child. So that's that it it learned a lot and I wanted to I wanted to share it with you as well. So I'm excited about it. As I was praying earlier about about the show and and what God what God wanted me to wanted me to convey if anything. I was just praying about it and he wanted me to he wanted me to pray for you and he also wanted me to just tell you of course that he loves you but he wanted me to pray, pray for those who are grieving those who have lost someone or maybe recently are, are missing missing people that that they love. And so, you know, it's not it's not an easy time. I, I too have lost loved ones, people I really cared about, was really close to, or who just impacted my life that that they just made me feel special. We may we may have just been acquaintances, but they really made me feel like I was like I was somebody special, like like they would do anything for me and they genuinely meant their their love. I remember that there was a person at our church and uh he he always had a way of making making people feel special they always had he always had a way of of just uh, everybody feel like they were his best friend in fact at the funeral and the place was packed out the whole church was packed out but at the funeral his brother i believe it was gave the part of the eulogy and talked about how how he made everybody feel like like that they were his best friend and so when he talked about it and and said how everybody come up to say oh yeah i really knew him and i really loved him a lot we were best friends and a lot of people would come up to him all the time and say that but this person he actually genuinely meant it when he talked to people he was very outgoing very easy to approach and and he just was that kind of person that made you feel special, made you feel like you were his best friend. And so it was it was a loss. I know that he was a born again believer, so I know, I know that he had Jesus in his heart, 
And I know that one day I'll see him again. He's a he was a great guy and and but so it may just you know it, it sometimes people just impact our lives that we may not be maybe necessarily that close to um, in that sort of way we're just acquaintances but but they touch our lives in a certain way special way uh, a way when we're we're just not gonna not gonna forget them. So I just want to tell you that um God God is he, he understands and he's not he's not unfamiliar with with our ways it says we don't have a high priest who's not in fact I can look that up but the high priest who is is who is not touched by the feelings of our infirmities so God he understands and he he feels our pain and he, he, the Holy Spirit is there for you. If you'll let him be, if you'll, if you'll uh, touch, he'll touch you if you'll let him. And he knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly, exactly what you need. He knows what I need. And maybe you just lost somebody, like I said, or maybe, maybe you're missing them. But God knows your pain and and in the fact that he knows you and loves you so much that he and and he asked me to talk to you. He says, Pray for the ones that are grieving, pray for the ones that are 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 missing their loved ones that that have passed on. Pray for them, encourage them and and comfort them with your words. So I know that I know that God God knows your pain and he loves you. And for him to tell me that that means that you're special to him. You are special to him, but you should know that if he took the time to tell me that you're grieving for him then then know that he cares. Know that he loves you. And he'll give you peace beyond any understanding that you have. Peace like you've never known before. He'll comfort you like only you can he'll give you tailor custom made comfort. Because he knows you, he knows your ways, he knows your habits, your favorite colors, and he knows your intimate relationship with that person or how they touched their life, your life, even if you weren't, even if that you weren't really close. So he knows exactly, he knows all about it. So I'm going to pray for you, and maybe you're listening live right now, or maybe you're going to be listening to the broadcast or on iTunes the rebroadcast on Blog Talk or on iTunes or any one of the other 25 to 30 websites that have this podcast, and, and, and actually more than that. It's also on Roku, and I'm not sure if it's still on Jesus Radio Network, but the last time I heard it was on Jesus Radio Network, so 
But I know it's for sure on Roku because I I get the stats on that. So wherever you're listening to me from whatever part of the world, I'm going to lift you up before the Father right now. Father God, I thank you for these precious people who are listening right now. I thank you that you love them so much that you told me before the show even started to pray for them. That's how much you care. And that's how much you know every intimate detail of our lives. So, Father, I thank you for giving them peace that passes understanding and for touching them, Lord, giving them the strength to go through this, knowing that you'll carry them through and see them through, that they can do all things through Christ who gives them strength. And knowing that you love them, that they're accepted in the beloved, and that you comfort all those who mourn to give them beauty for ashes, strength for peace, gladness for mourning, strength for despair. And I thank you, Father, that you hold them in your arms. You rock them to sleep. You just be there. The wonderful thing about you, Holy Spirit, is that you're there for us always, even if the pain is so much that we can't even utter a word, that we don't can't find the strength to utter that word, but that we just sit and we we're quiet and and you're willing to come and just sit with us and be quiet if necessary, just to be there, to be that ever present help in time of need. You're so wonderful, Holy Spirit, so good and kind and loving. And I thank you so much for telling me how to pray for your people, for your children. And I thank you, Lord, for touching them, for giving them peace, for giving them joy, whatever it is that they need. I thank you, Lord. I give you glory honor and praise in Jesus name Amen Everything's becoming great 
Thank God for his peace, his peace beyond understanding. And I know that he's going to wrap you in his arms, and I believe that he he already has wrapped you in his arms and has given you peace, and 
beyond understanding that you don't have a care in the world right now because you're in the secret place. Now I'm going to continue, as I was saying earlier, I'm going to be continuing my series. It's going to take several weeks to talk about the authority of the belief, because as Christians we have authority that some of us may not be aware of. We might even be walking in that authority and not even knowing it. So it's it's a it's a very very awesome topic, and I've I've set the timer or the show for an hour, and if it if it goes longer, I'll just add a. 30 more minutes or something like that, but we'll see what happens, see how things go. I'm going to just go over a little bit from last week, last Saturday. I know that um, um, I spoke of omniscient being all-knowing because omnipresent is everywhere at once. Omnipotent is all-powerful. And omniscient is all-knowing. So God knows everything. He knows, just like he knows everything, he told me to pray for those who are grieving tonight. I didn't know that. Unless, of course, for a word of knowledge or word just him telling me. But he knew. He knows everything. He knows what's going to happen before we do. He knows if we're going to, what we're going to do or say or think or react before we even do. And he knows, he knows it all. He's, he, he is. He knows everything. And God has given authority to his word. There's authority in the word of God because his his word does not return void and there's promises there. And God works his authority. So he when we, when we quote the word over our, our lives, for example, those who are who are grieving can quote scriptures like can get peace that passes our understanding or peace beyond my understanding. And looking up comfort scriptures, I did not leave you. Comf- I will not leave you comfortless, but will come to you in the form of the Holy Spirit. This everything that we need, we can quote that, and that's and He works through His Word. The authority is in the Word of God. God's Word is His bond. God's Word is also His will. I'm going to be giving you several scriptures here. And if you want to look them up, or if you want to just come back to them, write them down, you can. I'm reading mine from from the New King James Version. So it's Numbers 11:23, And the Lord said to Moses, Has the Lord's arm been shortened? Now you shall see whether what I say will happen to you or not. Numbers twenty three nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, 
and will he not make it good? 1 Kings 8:56 Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised through his servant Moses. Psalm 89:34 My covenant I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. I just want to pause for a second interject there talking about my covenant and there's old covenant, new covenant, old testament, new testament. It's going to be one of the teachings I'm going to be covering is blood covenant it's it's a it's an amazing amazing topic and and it, it you'll really once you take that class and once you listen to that class you'll you'll really understand the word covenant and every time you see it in the bible you'll really really be wow so let's continue on in the reading psalm 119 89 Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Psalm 138.2 I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. Isaiah 40, verse 8 reads, The grass withers, the flowers fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Isaiah 45, 23 I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that to me every knee shall bow, Every tongue shall take an oath. Isaiah 55:11 So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Jeremiah 21:12 O house of David, thus says the Lord, execute judgment in the morning and deliver him who is plundered out of the hand of the oppressor, lest my fury go forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because of the evil of your doings. Matthew twenty four twenty five. See, I have told you beforehand. 2 Corinthians one twenty, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Hebrews, and the last verse here, the last scripture, for now anyway. Hebrews 6.18 That by two immutable things in which it is impossible... For God to lie, we might have strong consolation 
who have fled from refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. And all of those scriptures that right there talks about God's word being his bond. And God's word is his will. So that was Numbers 11.23, verse 19, and um, 1 Kings 8.56, Psalms 89, verse 34, Psalm 119, verse 89, Psalm 138, verse 2, Isaiah 40, 40, verse 8, Isaiah 45, verse 23, Isaiah 55, verse 11, Jeremiah 21, verse 12, Matthew 24, verse 25, 2 Corinthians 1.20, Hebrews 6.18, 1 Peter 24 to 25. I just want to double check that I got 1 Peter or not. I don't think I read that one, but I could be wrong. Let me go double check that on there. Let's have a look here. Get back over to, let's see here. No, I didn't read it. Let me go back in here. And I'm going to just go ahead and and read that. This is Peter, chapter 1, and that are verses 24 through 25. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. That's another scripture. Those are that that was once again that was one Peter chapter one Verses 24 through 25. There's several scriptures right there that show you that God's word is his bond. God wants He wants you to trust his authority. He wants me to trust his authority. He wants us to trust him completely, totally, with everything, with all of us, and every part of our heart, and every part of who we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because we all have parts of those. Because he already knows them anyway. But he wants us to say, here, you can have all of me, the good, the bad, the ugly, the parts of my heart, the the parts of me that I don't want to admit are there, or the parts of me I'm ashamed of or embarrassed of. I don't want you to see them. But we forget he sees them anyway, because as I said earlier, he's all-knowing. So we have to, we need to give him every part of us all of all of us. My uh, pastor Adonica Howard Brown, she talks about she has this, this illustration about how God wants wants all of us. He wants our whole heart, and 
and we'll often we'll say, "Oh Lord, take all of me, uh, do a work in my heart, come with your fire, burn out everything that's not of you." And but then it's like having a house, and you're you're getting ready to have company. Well, how many of you know? Sometimes you've got you've got some things that maybe have piled up. Maybe you've gotten busy and just some things, or you've got dirty laundry or something that is kind of in the way. So what you do is you, you find a closet or something, and you, you, you throw all that all that stuff in there, and maybe some things that were lying around, you don't really have time to sort them out because maybe you have company unexpectedly. You've only got an hour to prepare or something like that. So you go get the things, throw them in the closet and some other things and just whatever it is, and you it's, it's almost like a cartoon because if you were to open the door, everything come come just piling out of there, falling out of there. So you've got a, maybe a couple of rooms like that. Our heart is like that. We've got these rooms in our heart. And well, when you have the... the guests are coming over and you show them around the house except for maybe and maybe you've got one of the rooms that that is you didn't have time to clean that room so you shut that room you and another room has a closet but you take your guests and you take them around to the rooms that are are they're very tidy they're neat they're clean and they don't need any work in them but you don't take them to the messy room or the junk the, the closet that has everything you just threw in there because you don't want them to see that. Our heart is like that. Our hearts have, this is the analogy, this is not the analogy, but the the, um, the illustration. It's our heart, our heart is like that. Our heart, picture our heart with all these rooms. And it has some, it, we, give, we give, give the rooms to God that are already fixed or that we feel comfortable giving him or that we don't mind him working on. But the areas that we find that are maybe necessarily ugly, that maybe we we still have something we're struggling with sin-wise, or maybe it's a past hurt that we we don't want him to just don't go there, just don't go there. We let him come into all the, the good rooms and the tidy rooms, the clean rooms, but the messy rooms, we don't want him to touch that. But him, as, as Jesus, he comes, the Holy Spirit, he comes right into the first place he goes when he comes into our heart and he and, and we ask him to do a work in our heart and he wants to help us, he wants to heal us, he wants to make us whole and set us free. He comes into our heart and the first room he goes to, he doesn't go to the clean room, so he, he walks right past the clean, tidy rooms, so he goes right for that messy room, that area that we've refused to deal with or we're afraid to deal with or for whatever reason it's holding us back from our breakthrough or the pain that's too intense that we don't want to touch and deal with because we're afraid we'll just die from the pain, from the crying, emotional intensity of it. If we don't let him have that room, we don't let him clean it up that that wound that's festering that has a band-aid over it that that really is just covered up that there's a festering wound because we've not treated it we've not we've not applied the healing ointment the the healing balm of gilead to allow it to heal 
instead we've let it fester because we tried to take care of it on our own because it was too painful or too embarrassing or shameful to allow him to touch. But the one thing is God doesn't think like man does. His thoughts are not as our thoughts. He doesn't love the sin in our lives. He doesn't look at us and how sometimes, a lot of times, men or people in our lives, human beings in our lives, or just maybe they've never even met us. Maybe they read a story, somebody committed a crime or alleged crime, but they automatically say that they're guilty even when it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. The press crucifies them or something or just maybe they're guilty, maybe they're not, but a lot of people will go down and judge them. Or maybe they'll just judge somebody's clothing. Maybe they'll judge how, what their weight is, uh, if they, you know, whatever the case may be. And then we've got people in our lives that really know us and things maybe we're struggling with, and they, they're quick to judge. So we think that, and then we feel shame about it or we feel bad about it, or maybe something happened to us when we were children or midway through 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 adolescence and even young adulthood, older adulthood, that stigma attached, there's shame, there's pain, there's embarrassment. So we think that since man looks at us that way, that God is going to look at us that way. That's just not true. That's not the case. He's our father. And he loves us no matter what. And he sees and he already knows that maybe we're struggling with things or maybe we were badly, badly, badly hurt. And But he sees those things. And he loves us. He doesn't look at us in a condemning, mean way. He says, oh, I know you're struggling with that. Let me help you. Let me, let me love on you. My unconditional love, my agape love. Let me show you how much I love you. Let me just help you with this. I know you can't do it by yourself, but that's what I'm here for. So he doesn't judge us. He doesn't look at us like this. So let him have those areas in your life. Just stand there before him and say, God, here, you can have them. My feelings, I've got mixed feelings because humans look at me like this and they judge this, that, and the other. But here, I'm going to trust you with my faith. I'll trust you that you won't look at me the way people have looked at me, that you'll look at me with unconditional love, and that you'll change those areas in my life. Sometimes we have to, it's like we forgive by faith, we have to trust by faith and let him work on our lives. Because man may have failed us, but God has never failed us, nor will he ever fail us. So just trust him. By faith, if you have to. And let him have those areas in your life. Know that he loves you, no matter what. Run to God, not from him. Don't run from him because of those rooms in your heart that are messy and unclean and unorganized and chaos. Don't just give him the clean rooms. Don't run from him because of your issues or because of 
or because of the things that people, the negative words of that people have spoken over your life. Don't don't run from God. If you're struggling with sin, just He knows it. But He hates the sin, but He doesn't hate you. Let Him have it. God's way is the best way for you and for me. Know that the way to God is in total, complete surrender to Him. Surrendering every room, every area of our heart, our lives, our will, our soul, our mind, our being, everything. And humble yourself before the Lord. Study to show yourself approved and study to know the word of God. Stand on the promises of God's word. Any promise in the Bible is conditional. You can have them all. Thou give and it shall be given unto good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. That's a conditional promise. You have to give something to have a given back to good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. So if you don't give, he doesn't. God doesn't have anything to work with. God doesn't have anything to give back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And in Malachi, it talks about the tithe. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now, here with saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you, you don't have room enough to receive. So that's a promise, but it has a condition. We have we have to tithe in order for him to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on us that we don't have room enough to receive, and he'll rebuke the devourer for our sake. As well, so everything has has a condition to it. We just have to read it, read the, the promise, the con, the in context, and what's that condition? What's my part in receiving this promise? So we must live according to the promise. And, for example, he gives his beloved sweet sleep. Or he get, and he gives his, and his beloved, actually I'm going to look that up so I'm just not paraphrasing it too much. I'm going to look it up in, it seems like, I'm going to look that one up. It talks about, he gives his, he gives his beloved, looking it up here, if you bear with me. He gives his beloved sleep. He gives his beloved. I hit the wrong button thing on there. <laughs> he gives his beloved sleep. So that would be in Psalm 127.2. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. The 
Amplified says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to take rest late, to eat the bread of anxious toil, for he gives blessings to his beloved in sleep. issue is, if we don't actually lay down to take a rest and to at least try to get to try to cast all our cares on God focus our focus on him then how is he gonna eat how how can how does he even have how can he give us rest because God will not give his beloved rest if which is you, if you're not laying down and taking time for rest. So he can't give you those blessings if you don't. So that condition right there, that condition of the promise, is actually lay down, focus on God, cast all your cares on him, and be anxious for nothing. And also to meditate on the the. the Good and not meditate on the negative, not worry, but to just meditate on the good. As it says in Philippians, it talks about finally, brethren, whatsoever things are are. I went blank for a second. Hang on, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So we have to meditate on the good. And some things... I mean, yes, there's a wealth of knowledge, a, a, a wellspring of depth of knowledge and how to live our lives and in just about every, well, every area. If we want to know something about what it is and how God feels about it and the things that we should do, it's in the Bible. There's no other, it's a living word. It's It's his love letter and basic instructions before leaving earth. That's acronym for Bible. But some things are actually not talked about in the Bible because God has given us common sense as well. Common sense is to know uh, on what things and how we should how we should do them. And if if a person does not line up things with natural laws, how can we walk in spiritual authority. The God of the universe is on your side and he cares for you. You are God's prize creation. Isaiah 44, 6 through 7 talks about God's delegated authority. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and the last. Besides me, there is no God. And who can proclaim as I do? Then let him declare it and set it in order for me. Since I appointed the ancient people 
and the things that are coming and shall come. Let them show these to them. So that was Isaiah 44, verses 6 through 7. God is the first and the last. Beside him, there is no God. He's the ultimate authority. And God delegated his authority to mankind, not animals, not trees, but to man. In Genesis one twenty-eight, it says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis 2.1 Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. God gave, gave, gave them responsibility, gave Adam and Eve responsibility. Keys, actually a key represents authority. The symbol of authority represents authority. You can't have authority with responsibility. Authority should always, always equal responsibility, and responsibility should always equal authority. I'm going to say that one more time. Authority should always equal responsibility. And responsibility should always equal authority. If God has given you authority, he has given you responsibility to exercise that authority and responsibility to it. Don't take the key, which, don't take the key, of authority if you, if you are not willing to take the responsibility for it for okay he who has keys has power if you are in a roommate situation for example say you're staying with somebody in their house and they're the only one with the keys the set of keys to the house you can't get in the, the house without the key and if they're working or doing something gone to the store and you have to wait for them because they have the key so they've got the power they're the only one with the power to get in the house it's the same with the keys to the car maybe taking the keys from somebody who's drunk you've got the power over them from driving drunk the keys to the car keys to anything so he who has the keys has the power God has given you keys and responsibilities. Genesis two sixteen through 17 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. 
Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Basically, God made Adam the sheriff of the earth. The one who had a badge of authority on the earth. He made him the head honcho. I gave a little bit of an illustration in part one. If a policeman comes out and directs traffic and he's in his, his uniform, he's directing traffic with uh, for, for people, He's in, he's in his uniform, so they're going to listen to him. But if he if he were to stand out in the middle of the traffic and he just had on a pair of jeans and a T-shirt, people would be honking their horns and, and, and yelling at him to get out of the way because he doesn't have that uh, his, his uniform on. But in the spirit world, we've got our uniform on and our authority and the spirit realm God made Adam the sheriff of the earth, as I was saying, and him and Eve were supposed to subdue the earth and have dominion over it. As long as a person is in a physical human body, he or she has the ability to operate in authority on earth. looking to see how much time I had here to see if I needed to add a little bit more, but we'll see how things things go. I was seeing how much more I wanted to cover here on these notes that I have. I think I'm almost about ready to wrap up here, but but um, I may add a few minutes. It's just going to be a few minutes. <laughs> Famous last words, right? <laughs> but seriously, it will be. Okay. So as long as a person is in physically human body, he or she has the ability to operate in authority on earth. A person has a choice every day to operate in the will of God or the will of the devil. We have a choice to follow God daily. We have flesh and we live in a body. Paul asked God to help him with the thorn in the flesh. Make a choice daily to walk in the will of God. Once you die, you leave your physical body and no longer have the right to choose between life and death. While we are in a physical body, we have choices to make. But when we die, we don't have a choice anymore. So if we've not been living for God, if we've not been living on fire, we're just lukewarm, or maybe we don't have Jesus in our heart. If we're not ready when we die, and we're not, if we're not going to going to heaven. We're not in the, that place. Then we need to we need to get ready because because we will not we won't have that once we die. We 
We don't have that choice anymore. We don't have the choice to live right anymore. We don't have a choice of where we're going because we made that choice on earth. So if if a person is sinning, willful sin, um, and is not living right, and they're living in in a in just that way, and they're not ready to go. Habitual sin, then when they die, it's too late. I was raised, I was raised Catholic. I was raised to believe that there is a purgatory where you can pray people out of it that if you sinned, you would go to a place where you would just you would have people praying for you on earth and and you would go to a place maybe it was hell or maybe it was just like a holding cell that um that you went to when you died so that you could you could have you could have people buy you know pay pay something for you and it's called an indulgence and it says it says here that the definition of purgatory is a place or state of suffering inhabited by the souls of sinners who are ex expiating their sins before going to heaven. So look up that word, that's an odd word, expiation. Mental anguish or suffering. This was purgatory worse than anything she'd faced in her life. So it's synonyms, which means the same as is torment, torture, misery, suffering, affliction, anguish, agony, woe, hell, and the like. So, and the, the antonym, which is the complete opposite, is paradise. And also having the quality of cleansing or purifying. So, as I said, I'm going to look at that one, one word. It's a bit odd. I don't see it very often. Expiation, expiating. Expiate, expiate, to atone for, make amends or reparation for. Also, I'm going to look up indulgence, indulgence, and that is the act or practice of indulgence, gratification of desire. Um. Oh, Roman Catholic Church, a partial remission of the temporal punishment, especially purgatorial atonement, that is still due for a sin or sins after absolution. It wasn't until I, as I said, I, it's believed here that that, uh, there was indulgences to get people actually out of hell there was a time when, which is going to be another class I'm going to be teaching at some point, is church history. It talks about all these things, and people paying for indulgences really just pretty much wanted the money for it, 
basically from people uh, trying to get them to believe that they could pay for the atonement of people. Well, then it was the deception from the enemy that these people could live any old way. They could they could sin sometimes horrifically and just live like live like the devil and for the devil because somebody would pay for them to get out of hell when they died. Or somebody would would pray for them, and and after they did their time in purgatory, which they didn't know how long that would be, then they get out, and then they go to heaven. Well, it wasn't until later, as I as I studied the Word of God, and I, I didn't. There's different versions of the Bible, and I I didn't read a Catholic version of the Bible anymore. I'm not bashing Catholics. I just want to let you know, I'm not bashing anybody at all. I love you. But it, I, I didn't read the Catholic version of the Bible. I read King James version or the Amplified version, and and also studied and uh, went to Bible college. And it wasn't until some time later that I discovered that purgatory was just a deception from the enemy, used um, uh, birth through people that, and also paying indulgences to get them out of hell, which, as I said, was just the people love of money and greed leading them astray so that they could, oh, go out and live, party, and, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll tomorrow. If you end up in hell, don't worry about it. We'll pay. Leave some money aside. We'll pay it. We'll get you out of hell. Or you're going to be in a place that's seems sort of like hell or it's kind of like in between but then you go to heaven and all of that like I said was deception and wasn't until and then I learned true I found it in the bible and I was I was I was really surprised and I when I found out about that knowing that because it's appointed to man once for man to die and then the judgment there's no in between there's no going back once you die you die and you have to pay the price for your sin you don't have any buddy that's why they could pay all the money in the world it's not going to get you out of hell it's not going to get you there's no place Purgatory is not real. There's no such place as purgatory. Heaven or hell. The choice. I said before you, life and death, blessings and cursings. Choose life that you may live. People's eternal destiny is made here on earth. We get one shot at it because we only live once. Because it's pointed to one man to live once, to die, and the judgment. Now, while we're in the physical body, you can really influence people around you. We all have a, a, a realm of influence. All of us have a realm of influence. We can influence our lives positively or negatively, depending on how we live, because we all have a free will. God's not going to override our will. We have a, a free will to do, to as I was saying earlier, choose life or death, blessing or cursing. 
And if we harm someone, we influence them if they're a stranger even. It's, if you've ever seen that movie, It's a Wonderful Life, if you haven't seen it, I suggest you. It's an awesome movie with Jimmy Stewart. You can check it out on YouTube or find a link for it or buy it and, or, or download it online or something. It's a wonderful movie, but he, he, he gets in a tough spot in his life and ends up wishing he'd never been born. And then, then he finds out all the people that he touched and 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 how people there's I mean he saved their life his brother's life and then his brother ended up going on to go to war and save a whole bunch of people and but when he was granted his wish and never had been born he found out that since he didn't he wasn't there and born to save his brother that he wasn't there to save those people and he wasn't there to save his his uncle from going insane all these people that he, he touched so we can influence people in negative or good and we can we can can be there for them, kind word, a smile, um, just our our time, phone call to say hello or just even just a, a nice word. And when when we have we just need to realize that, that, like, for example, do you want to think of, of, of Hitler? He influenced all people's lives around him and all over the world was com- was completely changed and millions of people died because of that. So he, that was an influence, but then you've got another influence on the, on the, on a different side where Maybe Mother Teresa or somebody like that who did a lot of good for people in, in orphanages and and the, and the sick children, things like that. And she influenced people. Got influence, influences. You have that realm of influence. I have that realm of influence. Let's use it for good. Even if it's allowing somebody in front of you to have a parking place that, that you want, just as an act of random act of kindness. I remember I was going with my mom to go have lunch for her birthday. And we're driving up. We're about ready to pull into this parking place. Kid you not. We were really close. We were waiting for it. You could see we were waiting for it. This person drives up from in front of us, pulls in really fast, and just pulls and and just revs in there. We were like, oh, we could not believe it. I was a little irritated at first. I'm like, she was really, she was really agitated and really irritated, and she was very upset. I said, "Mom, let's just let it go, forgive them. God sees it, and let's just move on." And I'm thinking, a part of me just wanted to jump out and, you know, get in the flesh and tell them what for because it was her birthday. She's my mom. I love her, and I thought that was extremely rude, but I just let it go. So. On the day that you feel tempted to 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 do something like that, remember that could that's somebody's mother sitting in the car that's waiting to pull in there. Somebody's daughter, somebody's brother, somebody's uncle, somebody's aunt, somebody's sister, son, everything, all of that and so on. 
everything that we do, good and bad, to somebody else, we have to remember that somebody somewhere loves them. And you may think, oh, well, they've got nobody, they're a homeless bum or something like that. Which, if you're listening and you're homeless, I don't think you're a bum. I love you, too. But what I'm saying is people say unkind things. They may think, oh, well, nobody loves them, nobody nobody needs them. So but there's only somebody somewhere that they've influenced, whether it's whether that person is in their life anymore. Trust me, they've influenced them. I mean, somebody loves them someplace. God loves them, too. And you know what? They could be an angel in disguise testing to see how you treat them. Because it says in it says in the book of Hebrews, let, let brotherly love continue. Um, because um, we need to... I'm going to look it up right here. Let's see. It's in Hebrews 13. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. So who's to say that if you were to to to, to just, like, say, for example, you, I'm not saying that you're like them, I'm just saying just pretend. Okay, if you were, did something that, that the person did with my, me and my mom, they took a parking place like that, Suppose you did something like that. You you just ran in front of them, or you you know flipped somebody off on on the highway because you're just sick of the traffic, and they cut you off, and you just momentarily got in the flesh. Well, who's to say it wasn't an angel? And who's to say that that person that's walking down and maybe asking for money is is not an angel or asking for food? I'm saying use wisdom, of course, because. I I I pray about it. I don't always I don't always like to give money to people who are are on the street. And I know I can because I can tell that well maybe they're going to spend it on on a drug or alcohol. And hear me now, hear my heart. It's it's not that it's, it. I am afraid that if I give them a five dollar bill or whatever the money is that I give them, and they go spend it on alcohol or on drugs, and they overdose and they die on my money, their blood is on my hand, and I don't want to be held accountable for that blood. I'll buy them food and things like that. Something be, you know, use wisdom and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and your heart, not your emotion, but your heart. So, but but we don't know if that person is is an angel in disguise. So we need to be kind to one another, even strangers. It could be angels. God wants the spirit to live in you, because you have the ability to influence people around you. In your realm of influence, always, always be aware of this. Always. And the enemy wants to get you under the influence of sin alcohol, drugs, pornography, lying, 
adultery, whatever you can think of, because he knows that you have the power to influence the people in your realm of influence. So a water baptism is very important. It's a symbolic action of saying, I do not just surrender my heart, but my body that has died in, in, in the water grave, symbolic of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. So if you've not been water baptized, I, I recommend that you follow the commandment of Jesus and get water baptized. You'd be surprised how wonderful it is. I remember I was baptized and they, they immer- full immersion in the water and and I, my goodness, they had to fish me out of the tank and carry me out. I had such an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It was wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. It's imperative for us to take care of our physical body and to recognize it as a temple of the Holy Spirit. We need to we need to start treating our bodies better. We need to sleep on a, a regular schedule and on a, a good hours of sleep, not stay up all night and sleep all day, and we need to learn to eat better, not just a bunch of junk food, and we need to learn to just respect our body and surrender our bodies to the Holy Spirit. Total submersion in, for example, when water baptized in total submersion in the water, it says that I submit all of myself to you, Holy Spirit. Work in and through me. So we're we're submitting our entire, entire body, mind, soul, everything, all of us. And line up your life with the word and will of God because you are an ambassador of Christ. People should be able to follow you as you follow Christ. And you're most effective so that you'll be most effective in this in the field missions or secular job where wherever God has called you to. Because ministry is not just a fivefold ministry of the prophet, teacher, evangelist, pastor, and um, pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist, apostle. <laughs> it's not just that. It's because if it is that, everybody would be in there and nobody would be doing anything else. So we wouldn't have any waiters. We wouldn't have anybody building houses. Everybody would just be preaching the word. So we're all called in, in that. So don't let the secular jobs of the world influence you. Let God, God's Holy Spirit influence you. I feel led to talk about life coaches. A lot, a lot of people nowadays uh, are speaking about how they are life coaches and how they 
influence people to in in what they feel that they should be doing. But the thing is, if they if they are if they are influencing if you're if you're okay, for example, this life coach doesn't think that this this life coach thinks that you should do this, that and the other and that you should move to Taiwan and do missions. They're taking the place of the Holy Spirit. It's okay, it's okay to seek godly counsel, but when you go to man, every single time they are taking the place of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the one that knows what's best for you, and that life coach could completely take you out of the will of God, completely. So it's very important to rely on the influence of the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit be your guide, not man. As I said, it's okay to... It's completely okay to seek godly counsel, but but don't let somebody have so much power over you and so much influence over you that they become your Holy Spirit. They become your your little your God with a little G. Depend on the Holy Ghost. He knows what's best. And don't allow the world to deflate you and and what you know about God and. And what you know is his plan for your life because they they don't think they don't approve or whatever. And it's really important to spend personal time with God on a regular basis. And this way, we we develop a relationship with God, and then we really start to have a revelation of our authority in Christ. Because, and our authority as a believer, because we're having that relationship, we're, we're forming that bond. It's one thing to have a head knowledge, but it's another thing to have a heart revelation that we have the authority. And when you totally submit to God, we submit yourself, every area of your life, you will have a ravenous hunger. For God, and also prayer to the to power. So prayer is power. When you're praying to God, it, it's it's power also. And if you don't operate in the way of, of spending personal time with God, praying, then if you don't, you will never have. Power in ministry and in, in, in the world. Submit everything, everything to God. Unfortunately, Adam allowed sin and death into the world, and we're still paying the price. But thank God that Jesus came, and we didn't have to stay in that place forever, forever separated from from God. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wait, I'm getting two two scriptures mixed up. Let me go look that one up. That one, actually, as I was saying, that's a mixture of of them, but that's okay. Look it up. It's John 3.16. 
And it starts off with, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That is, is, um, that's love right there, loving us so much that even though Adam allowed sin and death into the world, that he, that God, God made a way for us to be with him forever and to break that curse and to give authority, rightful authority back to us. God is not only the originator of life, he is also the sustainer of life. We need to stay in a position, like I talked about earlier, praying, spending time with God, worshiping him, where we're, that, that we can be in a place that we can be continually receiving from him. In Genesis 3, when you, on your personal time, uh, read the read Genesis 3, and, and you'll you, you'll read about the fall of man and what took place. God told Adam to tend and to keep the garden. Adam should have thrown Satan out of the garden. Adam had the authority to do that, but he didn't do it. Subdue and dominate the garden. And as I said, Adam should have just taken his authority, his God-given authority that he had, and kicked Satan out of the garden for good, and he wouldn't have had a problem. If you are walking in authority, stand against every influence of the devil. Be in dominion over TV and household and everything in your realm of influence. Until you learn to walk in dominion over your own household, you will never walk in authority elsewhere. If you've got little ones or something or and you're just letting them have free reign and free will and do what they want to do and you never discipline them and correct them and I'm not talking about beating them or abusing them, I'm talking about appropriate discipline and correction. If you don't if you don't correct them then you're not going to you're not gonna. You're, they're gonna. They're gonna have a, a will of their own, a mind of their own, and they're gonna want to do what they want to do. But it's not gonna. It. It. You won't have authority over them because you're not. You're not. You're letting them have authority. You're letting them rule. But if you don't have that authority, you're not gonna be able to walk in the authority elsewhere. Do not knowingly allow sin into your house. So finally, in wrapping up this 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 lesson of of the authority of the believer, do not knowingly allow sin into your house. What do I mean by that? 
if it, for example, you love God, you're trying your best to to live a a holy life, a righteous life, but maybe you let somebody stay at your house for whatever the reason may be. Maybe they're visiting. Well, for example, I have a rule that nobody can smoke in my house, nobody can drink alcohol in my house or or anything like that, but maybe you're letting somebody stay there and maybe they're sneaking it maybe they're sneaking drugs in their room or they're sneaking alcohol. They know it's your rule, but they're sneaking it there. Or maybe they've got a pornographic magazine or they're watching pornography when they're in that act of sin that you don't know about for example you don't know about it but when they're acting in that sin then that that those sins are inviting the evil spirits which which are influencing that person and those demonic spirits are are attached to these things and therefore when you allow, or maybe they're even into reading their horoscope. Some people may say, "Well, there's nothing wrong with reading a horoscope." Well, a horoscope is actually demon, demonically influenced, and it's it's actually it all goes back to the psychic things and the astrology and and all of that, and that's influenced also. Christians should never read a, a horoscope ever. Because it is it's it's opening up doors to the demonic realm, and so maybe this person is even looking at occult books, or maybe even maybe they're into witchcraft and you don't even know it. They're doing something in your house, maybe they're house sitting for you, whatever the case may be. They're bringing sin into your house. They're bringing sin into your garden. That's like Satan coming into the Garden of Eden, and Adam, he didn't throw him out, even though he had the authority to. If you, you're not practicing what these people in your house are practicing, but even though they're doing it behind your back, and they know you wouldn't approve, and they're thinking, oh, what's the harm? And maybe they don't believe in all this, this, um, demonic spirits influencing and and activity and and attracting other spirits and it's going to affect you going to affect it's going to affect um the atmosphere of your house it's going to affect the anointing it's going to affect a lot of areas spiritually in in that house, and you'll feel a difference in in the in the atmosphere there. So, my my advice is, I, I had one time I had a person staying with me. Um, they didn't have a place to stay. It was very very cold outside. I, I mean, talking about way below, like maybe in the twenties or thirties, or it's very cold. They were sleeping in their car, and, and I volunteered. I offered them. I thought, well, why don't I let them stay in, stay for a couple of days, not permanently, but just for a couple of days. And so I did, and things felt a little bit different. With the, the just felt different, and um, but anyway, after they left, I went to the room where they were staying. 
and I I prayed in tongues. I prayed in the spirit, uh, prayed in, in tongues in, in the room right where they were, and I just stood there and I just let the Holy Spirit pray through me. And I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed until I got a release. Because when I went into their room, I got like this, I got bad vibes, if you want to call it that. So basically, checking my spirit, I just was feeling whatever had happened or was going on in there. So I prayed and until I got a release, and it's like I felt things leave the room and get out of the whole, the whole entire house. So we just have to be careful follow the peace of the Lord who we let stay in our house because we don't know really what they're doing we may know them really well but we don't know exactly what they may be doing behind our back and I don't say that maliciously I'm just saying some people may think that that just because we say the horoscope is demonic they don't think it they think it's all fun and entertainment but they don't realize so they go to the room and they or looking at the horoscope, or maybe they're doing some kind of something else. So just have to be very careful and let the the peace of God, be, let the peace be the umpire, let the peace of God, the peace of our heart be the umpire. So because I I know that there was one other person who needed a place to stay. They they didn't have a place, and and this happened a couple times for them. And and I was thinking, well. And I was thinking about it, praying about it. Every time I thought about letting them come and stay, even just for a week or a couple of days, and it, it happened to be cold during that time as well, every time I even even remotely just thought about it for a couple of seconds, I got this check in my spirit. I got this, for, for lack of a better word, if you don't understand what that means, like a bad vibe, like a just not, I shouldn't do it. I didn't have a peace about it. So... I think I I think I made that clear. <laughs> if not, you can always send me a question at Fire Fire Talk Radio Two. That's the number two at Yahoo dot com. That's Fire Talk Radio Two, number two at Yahoo dot com. You can also call prayer line at eight six six eight five seven four eight three seven. That's eight six six. Eight five seven four eight three seven, and let's see here. Also, I would love to have you follow me on my homepage at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fire talk radio two number two. And check out I like my uh, Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Fire Talk Radio 2. That's right, a number two. <laughs> and I'm trying to find a little promo here. I have a lot of audios. I'm going to play a promo for you for for Bible College, and I'll be right back with you. In the world, there is a problem. People are hurting. People are empty. Some very alone. People are broken. Many are lost. What they need is hope. They need healing. They need love. They need a savior. 
station. They need someone who will lay down their life. Someone with the fire of God who will hear God's call and bring Jesus to the world. What they need is a revival. There is a place called the River Bible Institute, a place dedicated to training believers how to live, minister, and flow in the anointing. And it's for anyone, whether your heart is in business or full-time ministry. This is a place the Word of God is taught and demonstrated. The Word will challenge those of you attending to find clarity in your calling and deepen your relationship with the Lord. It will provide you with a new perspective on how to reach the lost for Christ and live in God's life-changing power. It is a place where you will be empowered to make a difference and set your world on fire with revival. God is calling for all believers. Will you answer? somebody to tell me or show me or do something. Well, Bible College is starting up again in August. It's really, I know it's, well, it's the last day of February, but this March, April, May, June, July, five more months, but that gives you time to prepare. Also, really, when you think about it, it's around the corner, time's flying by. It's hard to believe two months of the year have already gone by. So it's starting up in August, and there's a River Bible College Institute. It's Bible College, and then there's the River School of Government, and also the River School of Worship, if I didn't already say that one. (laughs) But um, there is been wanting to go to Bible College or River School of Worship, but You've been concerned about the, the finances. Then I've I've got I've got really good news for you. I've I've been able, and I've been given the authority. We're talking about authority here. I've been given the authority to give you a scholarship, a full free scholarship. You don't have to pay it back. It's yours, completely free. Just tell them that Deborah from Fire Talk Radio gave you a free scholarship to Bible College or the River School of Worship. Right now, they're not giving scholarships for the River School of Government, but don't let that stop you. Don't let it stop you at all, because if God's will for you to be there, he will definitely make a way. Trust me, he will make a way. Now, if you want further information about these colleges, just go to the following websites, riverbibleinstitute.com, riverschoolofworship.com, riverschoolofgovernment.com and you can also go to revival.com that's r e v like victor i v a l.com 
And also, you can you can watch any of the archive services, and you can uh, revival dot com. And also, there's a place for Facebook, Twitter, and the YouTube channel, which is where there you can watch you can watch the Sunday services live on revival dot com under the webcast uh, the live webcast. Um, the art, uh, revival.com forward slash RTN are like Robert T like Tom and like Nancy you can watch it there or you can watch it on the YouTube channel now there there will be a direct link to the YouTube channel on revival.com you just click on there and you can be you can be over there also so can check that out and any of the also any of the last I mean any of the past um, the past conferences that they've had the ministers conference or or the um, camp meetings anything like that are going to be they're going to be on there as well so it's the Sunday services that they do live if you're anywhere in the central Florida region or area, then feel free to to go to, to come to visit the church. It's uh, the River at Tampa Bay Church. The address is 3738 River International Drive, Tampa, Florida 33610. Now, the address for YouTube is youtube.com forward slash Rodney Howard Brown. That's Brown with an E at the end. Or if you don't can't get there, just come to to revival.com and, and click on their link there. Tomorrow at ten AM Eastern Standard Time, Pastor Eric Ganyan is is doing the first part in a series called paid in full is talking about how to get out of debt and also a lot of other things um, on there is awesome. It's, it's very good and very informative so be sure and check that out. You can like watch it live or come, come be a part of it. That's going to start the next three Sundays and be a part of that. I know I have listeners in South Africa so I want to tell you that Pastor uh, Rodney and Donica Howard-Brown are going to be there the 1st of March to the 6th of March at Pretoria, South Africa. That phone number is plus 2784-217-3142. That is plus 2784-217-3142. And the website is www.crc.org.za. www.c like Charlie, r like Romeo, c like Charlie.org.z like zebra, a like apple or alpha. And going to be in Cape Town, South Africa, the 8th of March to the 13th of March. The phone number is plus two seven two one five five two four zero nine six. That is plus two seven two one two four zero 
1-800-273-8296. Once again, the website is www.crc.org.za. I also know that I have listeners in Canada, so I want to share with you that April 12th of the 17th, there will be a great awakening in Ontario, Canada. And the phone number for that is, is there's no plus, sorry. <laughs> it's this area code. There's no plus. Area code 519-542-7731. That is 519-542-7731. I want to let you know that if nobody's ever told you God loves you and has a great plan for your life, I tell you right now, God does love you and has a great plan for your life. If today was your last day on earth, if if you die today, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? If you're not sure, I want to let you know right now, the Holy Bible reads that we have all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you want to make sure you're going to go to heaven, maybe you're saved, maybe you said the salvation prayer once, but you've you've grown cold a little bit, lukewarm, maybe on a scale of one to five, you're not a red, you're not a five, red hot on fire. Maybe you're a three or even a four or two, or if you want to rededicate your life or just make sure you want to you want to say the prayer for the first time, receive Jesus into your heart. Just Mean it with your heart and repeat after me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the dead and are coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost and a hunger for the things of God and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am saved. I am born again. I am forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. I forgive everyone who's ever hurt me, including myself. I receive your forgiveness, Jesus. Fill me with your peace, your joy, and your love. Amen. As a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it gives me the greatest pleasure to tell you that all of your sins are forgiven you right now. Always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you so much, has a great plan for your life. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I'll let you know that Jesus is a a baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. And he wants to baptize you right now with the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. So if you want to, 
Be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Get your prayer language. Just mean it with your heart. Repeat after me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, you are the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm asking you right now to baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. Fire. The fire got right now. Fill them up. Fill up. Fill them up. Fill them up. Holy Ghost. Fill them up. Fill them to overflowing. The anointing of the Holy Ghost upon you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to not speak in English, Spanish, whatever language that you know. Just open your mouth, give the control over to the Holy Spirit. That's where trusting Him by faith comes. Let Him take control of your vocal cords and just open your mouth and by faith just let it come out. There you go. You got it. Keep on speaking louder, louder. There you go. You got it. Go on more and more. There you go. You got it. You got it. You got it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for giving them their prayer language, the power of the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Father God, that that prayer language, nobody can understand it. The devil can't understand it. You can't understand it. Only the Holy Ghost can understand it. It's a direct hotline to heaven. Now, if you didn't get your prayer language right now, don't be discouraged. Just stand on the Word of God. Stand in faith. You'll get it. You'll get that prayer language. There have been testimonies about people just doing the dishes, going about their daily activity, and and they weren't thinking about anything, and then all of a sudden they started speaking in tongues. So it'll happen, trust me. It'll happen. Just trying to think of if there's any more announcements or anything like that. On Monday I'm I having a show. I'm not sure what the topic is or what it's about or Unless something comes up, which uh, there should be something live at 8 o'clock. And Friday, Saturday at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, there will be, there will also be, on Friday will be uh, my treasure, starting up on my treasure for the 12 pillars of faith. And Saturdays at this time, 8 o'clock, all the Eastern Standard Time will be the the authority of the believer. I'll be continuing that. I'm also going to be starting up two other classes. I'm not sure when I'm going to start yet, but I'm going to let you know ahead of time. I'm going to be starting the Healing and Miracle Ministry of Jesus and also the person of the Holy Spirit, getting to know the person of the Holy Spirit going to be starting starting those up as well. So I'm going to be having four different classes, lessons, and uh, whatever else, uh, special events or things like that. I'm looking forward to them just preparing for it. So uh, I want to read you a disclaimer. I want to, I, I have it. I've started putting it on, I'm not all the way done yet, but I've started putting it on all my episode descriptions. A disclaimer, it reads, the comments and opinions expressed 
during blog talk radio commercials and ads do not necessarily reflect that of myself or my Christian beliefs, especially the new ads promoting the consumption of alcohol. I don't have a say-so in what ads are played on Blog Talk Radio or on my page. So I just want to let you know that so that you don't feel that that's what I believe in or back or support. And if there's anything else, I see. I don't think there's anything else. I think I've covered just about everything or almost everything. So... With that, I'm going to let you know that God loves you. He loves you. He loves you a great deal. has a great plan for your life. He loves you. I love you. You are precious to him. You're priceless. You're accepted in the beloved. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand and envelop you in his love. Let your fear 